This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. I'm here with Dahlia Fami, owner of Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy, where they specialize in rehabilitation of police and fire. Hi, Dahlia. Hi, Vince. How are you? Thanks for having me back. So what do or what can our members do to come in and see you guys? Really easy, Vince. They just call us up and make an appointment. So, and I can guarantee they won't be disappointed. And usually people definitely learn a lot about their bodies while they come see us. Uh, Sports and Ortho is a private practice specializing in the care of police and fire members. You can look them up at sportsandortho.net. Call them to make an appointment. Dahlia, thanks again for being here. One last question for you. What if it's a work injury? That's a good question. So you can still ask for us. We're part of the City of Chicago Workers' Compensation Network. So there should be no issues if we are requested. Thanks, Dahlia, for being here and educating us about the importance of prevention. Always a pleasure, Vince. Thanks. One, engine four, truck two, truck ten, ambulance 82, battalion two, fire 1020 North Main, help is on the way. Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. This roll call episode is going to be with somebody who you've definitely heard from time to time on this podcast. His name is John Vogt. He is the owner of Rescue One CBD. And I know that a ton of you listeners have actually purchased this product. And I was just talking to John off the air that your response to this product has been amazing and that you guys have actually been getting a a lot of help from this. And I uh, just want to thank you for being on, John. Uh, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You and I were just talking uh, right before we started recorded because I wanted to save it for the air, but you were actually explaining to me that you've been getting a lot of response from the listeners here about uh, the benefits of your CBD oil. Yes. Um, yeah, our CBD oil and the topical. And, um, you know, we, we, we've been a sponsor of the show for a little bit. I've been a sh- fan of the show for a while. And, um, you know, obviously that kind of started the ball rolling where, you know, Chicago area firefighters have started using the product. But then, you know, I can tell that, you know, the word of mouth is spreading and, and I, I just, I get so much good feedback. I get such great responses and I love seeing that part of it. It, uh, it feels really good because it's why I started the business. It's, it's, uh, to help our guys and girls out there and seeing how it's, it's working is fantastic. So, um, for everybody that's, you know, supported us and, uh, been loyal to the brand, thank you so much. And, you know, honestly, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a huge benefit for us. You know, I think that, um, you know, we're going to be, um, on the cutting edge of something great. And I think that, you know, the, the, the way the job affects our sleep and our stress levels and our, you know, our bodies with inflammation and with pain, you know, this is, this is, uh, coming on the up and up. So it's, it is, it's really great to see it. I am a user. And so I, I can actually speak from personal experience that the one huge benefit for me, and I've talked about this on a couple different episodes, is the sleep. And for yeah. someone like me who I'm on a busy company in the city, our sleep is completely messed up. And, you know, at times you go through these cycles where you're really struggling just to get any type of sleep whatsoever. And so uh, the CBD oil that, that really, really helps me with sleep. And I don't know, John, do you have any idea why you just have these ridiculous dreams? These dreams are not like any other dream that you'll have (laughs) without it. And I don't know if you experienced that, but a lot of people I talk to have the same thing. These dreams are like you woke up from watching a movie that was just completely like vivid and intense and just completely random. Any idea what, what causes that? Yeah. No, I don't. Um, it's funny because I've done the research and, and I am a research nut when it comes to this stuff. I am constantly trying to learn more and understand the processes, you know, of, of CBD on the body because it is super interesting. I mean, I could nerd out for, you know, nerd out on it for a while, but for sleep in particular, um, I've tried to do the research and all I can find is people giving case studies about it. I don't think they've actually studied exactly why it does it the only thing i know 
for sure is that CBD affects the level of serotonin in your body. And, you know, that affects sleep. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that is, you know, changing the way people dream at night. Um, I can, I can attest to it. I, I, I hear you. Um, but I hear it from other people t- a lot as well. And, uh, also, you know, there's, there's several stages of REM sleep and all of them affect, or some of them you don't dream in and some of them you do. And I know that if you're, you know, getting quality REM sleep, um, you know, obviously your, your dreams change and the way you remember them change. So it could just be, I mean, maybe, maybe we're, um, this is me speculating, but maybe we're just remembering them a little bit more, you know, yeah. like when you wake up. So it could be that as well. But yeah, it is a really good question. I've had people ask me that a ton and it's one of the most common pieces of feedback I get is the dreams are really, really vivid. But, you know, one thing's for sure that you get higher quality sleep after taking it. So even if you're not sleeping your full eight hours, um, the amount of time you do sleep, you're, you're getting, you're getting better REM. So that's the good part. Yeah. And I, I wanted to talk to you as well about that. Cause I know that you guys partnered up, um, with, uh, Sean and Jacqueline from first responder sleep recovery. Yeah. And that to me seemed like a perfect marriage. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And they're awesome. I've spoken a lot with Sean, um, you know, and they, I love the work they're doing. And I think that it's so important because it's probably one of the most easily ignored things because it's, I think, and I mean, I I know you're going to echo this because you're on a busy company, but, um, it's one of those things where it's like, it's what we signed up for. Lack of sleep is just, it's part of the job and you can't really help it. You know, what what are you going to do? You have, you have to go on runs, you know, especially after midnight, they, they take a toll on you, but what are we doing when we get off shift to address what it's doing to our bodies, you know, yeah. are, we, are we helping it at all? You know, and everything else we can, we can help. We can, we can eat right and we can work out and all this stuff, but we can't replace sleep. And, uh, that's why I think what Sean and Jacqueline are doing is so cool because they have something where they've discovered, um, and through lots of education and practice, like, Hey, this could, this could help. And I think CBD is a perfect mix with that too, because, like I said, you know, you're, you're, you're going to sleep better, um, when you take it off duty and, uh, you know, you can, you can recover properly and all this stuff. I know guys that do take it on duty because it doesn't affect you, you know, mentally and it doesn't affect you physically. Um, and, but the thing is, is you don't know when you're going to get calls. So, it, you know, you, you can't guarantee that good sleep. So it's, you know, it's, it's obviously made for sleep recovery and, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think us working with them is going to be a really, really interesting, long and, f- and fruitful um, relationship for the fire service in the future. Well, I, I also wanted to ask you that you're a firefighter down in Florida, and I kind of wanted to get a little more background uh, about what got you into the business of CBD. Yeah, well, you know, it's... um. It's really interesting. I, um, I had a, a really bad foot surgery, um, in, man, I'm coming up on four, we're just over four years now. Um, I had to have my left ankle fused, so I can't move it left and right anymore. I can only move it up and down. And it wasn't an on job, on the job injury. It was, uh, the job didn't help, but I, I had a, uh, I had, um, I was born with a really tight Achilles. I didn't even know it. It made my foot fuse crooked, like in the wrong direction. So a lot of pain. Well, after that, um, I had to use opiates t- for, for pain relief after, and, and it, it was like months on them. And coming off that stuff was terrible. Um, being on it was terrible. Um, and I remember thinking when I was, you know, going through all this, I'm like, this is, this is the only thing we have for pain relief, you know? Um, and not that I want to get on the subject of medical marijuana, cause that's a whole other <laughs> conversation, right? but you know, there was so many um, of my, uh, friends that work in private, private sector that are like, my corporation allows me to have a medical marijuana card. And if I had that surgery, I would just use marijuana. And I'm like, well, opiates are the only thing I'm allowed to use. And they asked me the question, like, is that really that that's it? That's all you can use. You can't, you know, you can't do anything else. It does seem and, uh, kind of backwards though, that, you know, we sure. can't use marijuana, but we can use, you know, potent opiates. Potent opiates. Yeah. Um, and, and, it's, it's almost like we're, we painted ourselves into the corner because 
I can't not have pain relief. And also, um, you know, we have to be able to test for it and do all the stuff to make sure, you know, we're not intoxicated on duty. So, so yeah, so there was all this stuff where, um, you know, and a coworker of mine at the time was like, Hey, have you tried CBD? And I said, no. And I was like, that's going to make me fail a drug test, you know? Um, after doing my own research and all this stuff and, uh, discovering it, it, you know, it was such a benefit, um, for sleep after, you know, uh, like coming off of opiates, you get, you get bad sleep and all this stuff. So it was, it was a game changer. And, um, I believed that it could help the entire fire service. So I, I have a background in e-commerce a little bit, but I was a total amateur, like, um, you know, selling stuff on Amazon. You know, I started a, a an outdoor um, brand, like a camping and hiking brand. Um, my fiance and I are really passionate about that. So she would always help me with it. So we had kind of like a basic know-how of how to, you know, uh, run a website and, and marketing and things like that. But where it intersected was I found something that I think could help the fire service and that I believed, truly believed, will be a game changer for all of us. Um, and I know that... Um, Obviously, the, the the policy and all that stuff, which we could talk about, uh, for most places is very murky. You know, some cities are shying away from it. Some people just don't know. But the hard part for me in starting the business was not, um, you know, like the decision to do it. It was deciding how I'm going to get the word out, how I'm going to get the education out and stuff like that. So um, I feel like I'm a, a pretty outgoing person. And I wanted to start a brand that I would be able to speak directly to people, you know, and, and talk to them about the research behind this, what the effects are, and how it can how it can help firefighters. So I, I saw this as an opportunity for me, you know, to to bring something into the fire service that I feel passionate about that I think could help us and that I would be able to talk about. That was basically the foundation of the brand right there. But, um, you know, obviously selling it online is, you know, the easiest way to get it out to everybody. But it, it really, you know, same thing with me doing stuff on social, um, you know, just just the ability to talk to it, even if it's like a one way conversation, sometimes just the ability to talk about it, I think is is what uh, I love doing. Well, I think, you know, for something like CBD oil, especially for the fire service, there's a ton of education that has to happen first, because you have to overcome a mm -hmm. bunch of um we're just not knowledgeable in this because this is in the whole grand scheme of things, this is a new product and CBD, you know, is new to the market for most people. I know it's been around for a while, but uh, especially for the fire service, it, it, it wasn't a thing available for us for the longest time. And some departments are still in that gray area about it. The thing with your product is, you know, you guarantee 0.000% THC and you have to give that it's such an important uh, claim to make because people don't understand the confusion between CBD and THC. A lot of people aren't educated in what the difference is. And if you want to talk about that, like just give a little bit of education and like put some people's mind at ease because I know that there are still people out there who are reluctant to use it because if they fail a drug test, it's detrimental. So if, yes. if you can speak to that, because I think if with just a little more education, people would be more willing to reap benefits of CBD oil. Yeah, Vince, great question. And the, 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 the hard part is exactly that. I think people, you know, they, they think about um, CBD being a part of the cannabis plan in that, um, you know, it's going to cause a failed drug test because they don't understand what, what that is. And CBD, um, if you haven't, you know, done the research yourself or heard about it, it's short for cannabidiol. It's just one of a, uh, over a hundred compounds found in the hemp plant, but there's, it's in a family called a cannabinoid. And, uh, the other cannabinoid that's really popular is THC. THC is what causes failed drug tests, not CBD. They don't test for CBD. They test for the metabolites in THC. So after you take, you know, um, uh, after you ingest marijuana or anything containing THC, um, they, you know, your body metabolizes it and it, it'll show up in your urine. That's when they test for it. Uh, if there's no THC present, then you can't, you, you can't test positive for, for, uh, THC because there's no metabolites for it. So, you know, all in all, the, the conclusion of all that is just basically, if you don't have THC in your product, you can't test positive on a drug test. 
our job is attention to detail. That's what we do. We we have to look at this plant when we're turning, basically what we make is we turn a, a hemp flower into liquid. And when we do that, we need to make sure that every step of the process from start to finish, all the way till it gets to a, to the bottle that we put it in, is free of THC. And so it's a I, lot of lab testing. Well, I know you. It's at the very least, it's tested three times before that product ships. Correct. Correct. Yep. It, with that claim, for as long as you've been in business, you have have had zero positive drug tests uh, with all these people using your product. That's right. Yeah, zero. Um, and you know, so I started the CBD company, um, as Omnia Naturals. And that was in 2019. Um, but we have since, uh, since seeing, you know, the, the, the opening in the fire service and, and how many firefighters wanted it. I started rescue on CBD, um, as its own company and started, um, you know, gearing it straight towards firefighters and trying to, to bring in, fire administrations and chiefs like that so that we can, you know, aim this education directly at where it needs to go. Um, but in that time, since Omnia Naturals and Rescue One CBD, we have not had a failed drug test. So I think that's a testament to it. And I mean, like, you know, we, we send a drug test out with every order. So it, between your department testing you and you testing yourself at home, you know, um, we've, we have subscribers that have been taking our product consistently for over over a year and a half you know um since we started our subscription program and they get a drug test every single month with their orders and uh they don't they don't test positive and i get pictures you know they uh i tell people that to take pictures of your of your uh your you know negative drug test and send them to me because i put them on social media and you know just to show people that it's it's working um and every picture i put up is a real a real past drug test from a customer. I don't put my my own up. Um, so that I think is the biggest testament to our product. Besides, you know, the, the effects that people are talking about is that we do do the research of testing um, consistently three times before it goes out the door, and um, you know we have the drug test to back it up. Uh, the nice thing about doing the lab test that consistently too is, you know, you know you're getting. Um, a lot of people will buy a product and you know, it'll have contaminants in it. You know, lead is a big problem in, in hemp plants, you know, and obviously you don't want lead in your, you know, in anything that you take, <laughs> but, uh, it's a huge problem. Like it, it soaks up everything in the ground and there's a lot of lead in, in some of these farm areas. Well, that's, so, that's you know, one when, of the myths that I wanted to get to with you was yeah. that all CBD is manufactured and regulated the same. And that that's just not true. That yeah, it's exactly right. It's the biggest problem in the industry is that some people source their hemp from China, um, which their agriculture standards are completely, you know, nil and uh, compared to the U.S. And you know, when they get it over here, it's uh, very poor quality. It's got contaminants in it. Where do you guys um, get your hemp from, John? Um, Tennessee. So the the farm borders Tennessee and Kentucky, and it's pretty cool because. We, we contract with this farm that used to, they used to farm the majority of tobacco for Marlboro. Um, they're huge and they converted their entire tobacco farm into hemp. Um, so the farm and the production, you know, where they extract it, put it in the bottle, it's all one operation, you know, from, from how they grow it all the way till it gets in the bottle. Everything is, um, made and extracted and everything right into, um, right into production in Tennessee. So, uh, not, not far out of Nashville is the extraction. And then the, the farm itself is, it's just one farm. It's right on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee, which is one of the best places in, in the state or in the country to, uh, to grow hemp. Um, so, but yeah, that, that is true the way it's not regulated. And I think that it's important to understand that because the easiest way to determine, um, a, a quality brand from one that isn't is just looking at how transparent they are. Um, do they do their, their own lab tests? And, you know, when they put it out there and CBD to extract CBD isn't easy. It's, it's a multi-step process. It takes a long time. It's very expensive. Um, and you know, it's easy to cut corners. 
Um, but even when you do everything right, it's hard to nail it down exactly. Like I keep telling this to everyone because I want people to know when, uh, when, when, when we're being transparent. Um, we, our most recent lab test that we did right now, our rescue one strength is, uh, is a thousand milligrams in the whole bottle. So our most recent lab test, uh, two out of the three lab tests that we did showed that there were 750 milligrams in the bottle. Yeah, I was so, I, I was going to bring that up because yeah. I, CBD, especially for the fire service, there has to be some level of trust there. When I saw that you guys like were completely transparent in the fact that your thousand milligram uh, product was showing between seven fifty and eight hundred milligrams, and you guys came out and said, "Hey, we got these tests." So instead of uh, scrapping the whole thing, you guys just discounted. Uh, that product just so you guys wouldn't be back ordered. And, it, you know, there's still some benefit to it. It's still a good product. It's just that you guys didn't meet your own standards and you guys put it out there being like, hey, we came up short on this. We just want to let everybody know. And so when you kind of see that, it lends credence to that you guys are doing what you're supposed to do. You guys are doing your due diligence with the testing and you guys are regulating this product. It's just, it's not, you know, some guy mixing up uh, hemp oil in his uh, garage or anything like that. Right. So, right, exactly. you know, when I saw that, I was like, that's pretty awesome that these guys put that out there that they came up short, they're going to discount these bottles. You just went back at it. Yeah. And um, that's a lesson I learned early in my career in the fire service. I've been on the job um, since 09. So 12 years. Yeah. So, so, um, Guys at my department and girls in my department did not get respect by knowing everything and being awesome at everything. They got respect by admitting the stuff that they didn't know because it's so easy for firemen to just try to act like um, like experts. You know, we always want to be the go-to guy or girl. And the, the, the thing that makes you um, more respected is your humility because it's so easy to, to be you know, the badass. It's, it's hard to say, Hey, I don't, I don't know that, you know, and, and especially if you're already, you already have the reputation of knowing everything. And, um, I think that's an integrity move, you know, and I, I don't want that to be anything less than what we do. And I've seen such the opposite in, in the industry where, um, people will totally hide the fact that there's lead in some of their products or that their product came up short, you know, and they'll still sell it for the same amount and not tell anybody about it because, Nobody's really looking. And Vince, honestly, like you could probably go through our lab tests. And unless you were really paying attention, I try to explain like on our social how to read lab tests. But unless you were really paying attention or you know how to read lab tests, you probably wouldn't have even noticed that our CBD was down to 750. But yeah, well, that that's I, the thing. If you put it out, if you know, you you saw that you came up short, you put it out. Nobody would have known legitimately. Yeah. If I took the product myself, I wouldn't have been able to figure out the difference that I was yeah. getting 200 milligrams less than what I was supposed to do in the dose. Right, right. Be because it's, you know, a uh, thousand milligrams in a 30 milliliter bottle, it's 30 servings. You're getting 33 milligrams per serving. A 750 milligram bottle, you're getting 25. So you're talking about an eight milligram per serving difference. That's really not a lot, you know, in, in, in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you're taking two or three droppers at a time, then yeah, it's a lot, you know, because that's a 16 or 30, you know, or a, yeah, 16 or 24 milligram difference. That's a lot. But if people are taking one dropper at a time, um, you know, you, you probably wouldn't notice that difference at eight milligrams. But it, it, that's not for me to decide how other people are taking it, you know. And um, again, like I just felt that this was an opportunity for us to show people that, you um, we, we, you know, we're always going to be transparent. The only time I wouldn't, the only time I wouldn't stand for trying to just be transparent and well, I'm always going to be transparent. The only time I wouldn't just try to discount the product and save it is if there was THC in it, which has never happened. Right. Uh, because we test it so much. We would trash it before it even left the door. But I would just trash the whole thing and just tell everyone, hey, we're on back order because something came up with THC and obviously we're not going to sell it. I read something that you had uh, wrote on your social media that it's very easy to detect THC in a batch. It's super hard yes. to regulate the amount of CBD. 
but before those yes. batches go out, it's super easy for you guys to detect if there's any THC in the batch. Yeah, and particularly particularly our brand because you know, if I could explain the process here, it's you know, when when you when you take the hemp plant, it gets harvested out of the farm, they they scrap the stalks and they just keep the flowers and they get put in these giant canvas bags, you know, um the 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 farm and the production facility have like it's like it looks like a 10,000 square foot warehouse just full of hemp flowers so no so no stems them, or stalks just the flowers exactly and they take these and they run them through um the process of extracting them uh to turn them into you know a liquid well when when that happens um they they're actually there is one person that we have watching this process who's an analytical chemist and his entire job is to if if anybody listening is hazmat you know they're using um mass spectrometry they're, it's liquid chromatography and and as it's going through they're live sampling the product as it's going through the machine in real time they're seeing making sure that it's zero point they actually test it lower than 0. 0.000 it's 0. 0.00000 there's four zeros after it so it's less than one part per million. Um, I'm not a mathematician, so I'm not even going to try to <laughs> guess what the fourth zero is. But uh, but it's 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 four zeros, and the the entire time they're watching it right there. So if they see even a blip come up where it's a small amount of THC in it, they'll go back and they'll have to refilter it again. Um, and 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 so that's why our product takes longer than normal to to make, and we've gone on back order a few times. And I'll tell everybody, you know, hey, if we have a actually when we started advertising with you guys and you guys got the word out for us, we went on back order quick. I mean, we sold out fast because um, everybody wanted to get their hands on it, which was awesome. And uh, and I said, I'm like, hey, this thing can't be rushed. Um, this is a process that I feel very, very strongly about. And, uh, um, you know, when I go up to the farm and I've talked to the, the head of operations is a, he's a double PhD. His name's uh, Derek Smith. And he's, he's the man he's, he's got uh, a degree in, in, um, biology with an emphasis on like cellular nutrition and he has a degree in physics. So I, I, I can't even, I've, this guy has forgotten more than I'll ever know in my whole life. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he talks to me about the process and I've asked him before, I'm like, Hey, let's just say, you know, we, we run out and I want to get a batch done really quick before I even finish the sentence. He's like, we can't do that. You know, <laughs> he's like, it's not going to happen. He goes, it takes what it takes. It's going to take us a long time to make a product that's so meticulously down to 0.000% THC that, you know, you just got to get a time and explain to people that that's, that's the thing. And, and I, I just loved hearing that. That's exactly, that's exactly what um, I, I try to live by with this. So, um, yeah, the transparency is important, but also the dedication to it over time and the quality. Um, so we were happy to do it. It is a pain in the neck, man. Like we had to obviously change all the prices on the website. We had to change everybody's subscription prices until that stock runs out, which it's almost done, but you know, we'll be making more. Um, we had to send out emails. I had to put us up on social. It's double the work, but it's worth it. Right. You know, that's like you said, there's a, there's, there's the opportunity to, to let everybody know what exactly what we're doing. Let's take a break from, uh, CBD oil right now. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about, uh, you've listened to this podcast before you've been a firefighter for 12 years, uh, down there in Florida. Right. And yep. tell us a little bit about what got you into the fire service and did you have family on the fire service? What, what got you, uh, started that, down that line? Yeah. Uh, my mother is, is a firefighter and she, um, she started at a, a smaller city in Palm Beach County called Lake Worth and they got absorbed by the Palm Beach County fire department. So she became a Lieutenant there. She rose to the rank of captain. She's EMS captain now. Um, and like most places in South Florida, we're combined um, fire and EMS, so we do our own transports. Um, so she's an EMS captain. She's a supervisor of, of uh, all the EMS in, in, uh, in a battalion. Um, she was my inspiration when I was growing up to be a firefighter. And I, I was always, you know, kind of like unsure whether I wanted to do it or not, but I saw how much she loved it. I loved being around the firehouse and the guys and the camaraderie. 
And, uh, but you know, I, I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. So I joined the Explorer program. Um, I don't know if you guys have explorers in Chicago yes. or cadets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we, we, I started in, in the Explorer program in the department that I actually work for now. And, uh, now I run the Explorer program at, uh, at, at this, you know, I run the same Explorer program that I got started in. How great so is when that? I join the Explorers, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, um, it's really tough. I always say it's the best pain in the ass I ever signed up for. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but it really is. It, it's the, it's the highlight of my career, um, so far. And I think it's, to me, it's, it's, it's done more for me than even, you know, helping other firefighters with the, with this business because it, it's, I'm, I'm helping, you know, youth get, get guidance. And I, I got that guidance when I was 14, 15 years old. And I remember the guy who mentored me, um, Frank Correggio, who started the program, who, um, you know, who, who showed me the fire service and it, it, it absolutely opened my eyes. So I knew from that point on, I was going to do it. And, uh, funny enough, we used to compete nationally and we came up to, um, the Illinois fire service Institute. It was, uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember the year. So we started in 04, it was probably like 06 or 07, I guess. Okay. Um, and we, so it's like Champaign Urbana, you know, and uh, obviously you guys know. And we had this huge fire conference there. There was like six or seven hundred explorers from all over the state or all over the states. We had like people from Alaska, and we had a bunch of Chicago guys there. And we had, uh, you know, there was there was like a, a burn building. We got to go in and do live burns, and like we could never do that down in Florida. And um, it was a blast, man. I I enjoyed every second of it, and doing stuff like that. I just that solidified. I was like, okay, I'm definitely doing this for the rest of my that life. That was it, huh? One 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 it, trip man. to Illinois and you it was all over. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I met I met a couple of uh, salty Chicago guys who uh, were were only wearing probably half their gear when they were going into the to the burn what? building, and I'm like, that's what I want to be. All you need is a good mustache, John. That's, <laughs> that's all you need. it. It'll filter out all the bad stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that was it. Well, uh, walk us through your first fire. What was that like? Uh, I remember it really well. I, I, um, I was a, a few months on and I was were you, actually, you were still assigned, a candidate. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I was assigned to, um, to our truck company downtown and, um, it was an arson job. It was like a middle of the row, uh, uh, storefront. Um, and it, unfortunately it was a, um, it was a charity place. It was like a, a, a food bank. And some disgruntled person uh, gathered like all the clothes and everything and, and put them in the back, piled them all up and poured gasoline all, all throughout this place and lit it up. Um, uh, we were really close. So it actually, um, it actually hadn't gotten, you know, defensive before we got there. So we, we were able to go in and uh, we started, you know, putting water on the fire in the, in the, in the office space and we realized the storeroom was just, you know, rolling, um, way, way after we, uh, we, we put the office out, we couldn't figure out where the heat was coming from. Finally, you know, searched the whole building and found it in the back. Um, and it took, what was, what was your job time. during that, that first fire? Um, I, our, our trucks are actually quints. So I was, I oh, was okay. on the hose line. Um, I was on the hose line since we were first to we, we, you know, the truck will, will do uh, fire tech. So I was on the hose line to start, and then, um, and then we did a search. So I, I also performed search. Um, and at the very end it was, uh, you know, we actually got up on the roof because we had to cut several holes to, to, uh, to find, there was tons of void spaces. They had like a rain roof on this thing. You know, it was an old building. It used to be used as barracks during world war two. Um, and, uh, Cause there was a, an army base around there. And uh, so whenever so, they needed a new roof, they just put another layer on there. <laughs> basically they did it at least <laughs> once. So there was a ton of stuff in there. So it ended up being really, really long fire. I got my ass kicked. Um, and it was, it, it, it still was like my, my best fire. That was, that was the most enjoyable, you know, if you, you know, if you could say that, but it was the most enjoyable, um, call I've had in my career because I felt like, um, we ended up saving, you know, the other businesses in there. Um, you know, nobody got hurt. There was no loss of life. It was just, it was a good job. And, um, 
I, I remembered the guys that were, you know, taking me under their wing and teaching me. And every single step of the way, they had something to show me. And that really reminded me of like what, what we're supposed to be like, you know, as, as firefighters and as mentors. So it was pretty cool. Well, not too many people can say that on the same fire, they got a lead out, they were on the pipe and then yeah. they, they go to the roof and do truck work. Yeah. So you did, yeah, you actually, you actually got to knock the fire, you got to do a search and then you went to the roof. That, that's a pretty good day. Yeah. I didn't put the, the fire out. The, there was another company that actually got to do that. I, I started, John, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know, John. <laughs> Go All with right. It. Edit that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's so funny cause I, I told myself, I'm like, you know, later in my career, I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound like so full of crap. Like it's a big fish story. Like <laughs> I pulled the, I pulled the hose line, put the fire out, cut a hole in the roof. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to say, well, who else was there with you, John? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, but no, everybody was doing a lot of stuff though. You know, the thing is, is the way we run, um, you know, like I said, we, all the, we have four truck companies. Uh, we have eight stations. There's four truck companies. Um, and they're all quints and then we have four engines and at every station we have a, um, an ambulance that is three person, uh, and it, it, it's all fire gear. They're all firefighters. Um, so we have fire gear on there so we can transport to the hospital, but they also function as a truck company, uh, slash rescue, you know, when they're, when they're on, on scenes. And it's a three man ambulance. Yeah. Um, we call them rescues. Are they, are they Um, ALS? Yes. Yeah. You have to be a paramedic to get hired on our department. Okay. Well, that's um, kind of cool. A, a three man, uh, what you guys call a rescue. Yeah. Yeah. So we have three, we have third person engine or truck and we have a three person rescue. So, um, you know, the, the way it functions is since they're paired up at every station with either an engine or a truck, if the truck gets there first before an engine, they can pull a line and the rescue, the ambulance, can do um, search or they can do outside vent, you know, depending on what's needed and they adapt to it as, as uh, you know, as, as it pertains. So like if you're on the truck um, and you're, 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 if you're the firefighter on the truck, you have to, you have to be really, really versatile. You, you could be first due and you could be pulling a line into a fire attack and then you can go to rehab and they can say, Hey, can you put the stick up? Um, you know, can you do vertical ventilation? Can you do whatever. And, uh, that that's that's something you would transition into you know so we're a lot of places in south florida function like that because we don't have the amount of fires that like chicago does you know so we don't have a dedicated um you know we don't have dedicated we don't even have dedicated truck companies but we don't have a dedicated ems service that's separate from fire as well um so it's it's a it's an odd system it's a lot of fun if you like doing ems stuff which i do um are you a medic too john yeah. Yep. Um, so my job is I'm a lieutenant and I'm assigned to a rescue company. So I'm in charge of, you know, our three person crew. So like, you know, 90% of the time you're going to medical calls, but then if we get a car fire, if you get a structure fire, if you get an extrication, you know, you have to do a little bit of both. You could be, um, you know, working in an extrication and then transport the patient, you know, the trauma patient to the hospital. Um, so you take your gear off and you have to like do the medical stuff. So it's like, it's, it's interesting. Um, you have to, you have to be good at a lot of stuff, which kind of appeals to my personality. So how many, how many people do you have four on a truck and four on an engine? And then you have, have the three, three on, oh, oh, three. Okay. Yep. So there's three on an engine and truck and there's three on a, on a, uh, on a rescue or, you know, the ambulance. But you're getting your, um, cause you're getting extra guys from the ambulance, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the, the thing is the ambulances are, they're huge. They're, um, 11 feet tall and they're, you know, Jesus. 20, yeah, they're, they're, they're huge. They're just as tall as, as an engine. They're like 11 feet tall and they're like 20 something feet long. So, um, because they're, they're four person cab, um, it's a quad cab. And then, you know, we have all of our roll up gear. So we have some light extrication equipment for vehicle accidents. We have fire equipment on there. We have all of our bunker gear. We have SCBAs. Um, you know, so, we can step off, we can step off the, the, the rescue with, uh, irons, with a hook, with ticks, um, you know, with, with rope and be ready to, to go in completely autonomous, you know, do either search or outside vent, um, you know, without, without needing that, that engine or truck there. But we could also, you know, if they needed us to, to transport a patient after we pulled them out of the building, we could do that as well. 
Um, That's kind of a cool, cool setup. So. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Have you guys been uh, allocating any resources to the big disaster down there? Yeah, uh, we've been sending crews daily. Um, they, they put out a, a statewide request. So we're about 50 miles or so north of Miami, and we're on, we're on the coast. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we're two counties north. So, so we're, we're close enough to where, um, we went, I think like last week they stopped sending guys, but they, they were sending one crew a day for a week is what, is what Dade County requested. Um, and it was just to, it was just to move, um, move rubble. Unfortunately, it was right after, it was the day after they demolished the rest of that, the building, you know, the way they, where they, uh, brought it down. And, um, that's when the body count started, you know, the, you know, the death toll started, started rising rapidly because they were able to find everyone. Um, so our guys were subjected to, a, I can't even imagine what the Dade County guys were going through, but our guys were subjected to, to a lot of the finding of, of, uh, of, um, you know, the people that were still in there. Yeah. That, so that, it's been, it's terrible. been rough. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's been, it's been rough. Um, but I, I, I didn't, um, Fortunately and unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. I did sign up, um, but they—they're they, really strict on who gets to get let in, only because, you know, you'll if if they just open the doors, they would have every fireman in South Florida there, you know, and it would be a mess trying to organize that. So they they had very specific requests. Not just Florida either. You you get oh, guys yeah. get, you oh, yeah, get yeah. guys all across the country yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. I know that uh, that you started a podcast. I've, it's you you've had some pretty cool guests on there. Give us a little information about that. Like, uh, where can people find yeah. you and like, what do you guys talk about? Yeah. So, um, it, it's been, it's been challenging and it's, it's enjoyable, but, uh, it's you know, tough, it's right? That, <laughs> Everybody yeah, thinks it's getting, so easy. It's a tough know, business, this podcast. If any, yeah, if anybody's listening, uh, these guys don't get enough credit for, for putting out <laughs> as many episodes as they do. Uh, cause you know, um, it is a lot. So, yeah, what what we're trying to do is I'm trying to challenge the status quo of the mental and physical health in the fire service. I think that we do some things right, but we do some things not so good. And I think that we need to change, obviously, where we can and benefit where we can. And uh, so the people I bring on are, um, you know, are, are experts or very passionate about, you know, you know, specific things in their field. Like we had Aaron Quinn, who's an Oakland firefighter who is in charge of their physical training. And that guy's intense. He, he is so intense. (laughs) I was scared. (laughs) He is, he is so intense. And if you ever like watch his stuff, he's like, I don't know how to describe him because he's, he's so, um, he physically, like he's, he's, he's a monster. You know what I mean? Like he, he he puts these guys to the ringer, but then you talk to him, he's kind of like a hippie where he's like, you know, he's into um, a lot of holistic stuff. He's into a lot of your mental state in in what you're um, in what you're doing when you're working out. You know, where yeah. with his guys, he's saying like, "Hey, when we're when we're working out and you're you're beating your body up, you're letting go of you know the person you don't want to be and you're becoming the person you want to be." You know, so he's like trying to get in your head and like do the mindset thing, which I thought was so cool. But he's really big into cold water therapy, and uh, you know, so we were talking to him about how. Um, that could help firefighters or, you know, we were talking to Sean Toomey from first responder sleep recovery, talking about how sleep is going to, you know, change your longevity in the fire service and, or shorten it if you're not doing it right, you know? Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, I think is really, um, a good marriage of, of our brand and what, what's out there, because I think these people, they get it and they, 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 they want to see a little bit of a change in, in the way we do things. And like some of the things that I'm not happy that we do, um, I don't think my department is unique in doing this, but if you have like a, we'll use sleep since we're talking about it. If you have a sleep issue and you go to the doc and you say, doc, I'm having trouble sleeping. She or he is going to say, well, would you like Ambien or Lunesta? You know? Right. They're not going to immediately go and say, well, hey, you know, you should eat more melatonin inducing foods. You should cut your screen time down. You should maybe wear blue light blockers. Um, you know, there's lots of other things that you can do before bed to, to help you get better REM sleep. They're just, you know, they're going to do what doctors do. They're going to they're going to prescribe medication. And I think medication is a great thing. And I think we need to take it when we have to. But I think we shouldn't jump to it when there's other things, natural things that, that we can use with with no side effects. I think like 
um, you know, what Aaron Quinn and Sean Toomey and, and those guys are doing. Those things are great. Um, and CBD, you know, is the same way. So the podcast is kind of like how we can identify these problems. But it's like a health and wellness like, podcast. Exactly. Yeah. But, but also, you know, um, to, to, to open people's eyes, like there is a better way out there. You know, I, I think, uh, we kind of get stuck in the same way we've been doing things. Like just cause we've been doing it for a while doesn't mean we don't have to change it. Um, that's so, one of the, yeah, that's, that's one that's of the big issues in the fire service, isn't it? That, yeah. you know, we get stuck in tradition and even if it's detrimental, it's like, this is the way we've been doing it for years. Uh, we don't know why we do it. We just have been doing it for years. Yeah. And I, I'm all about tradition. Like I want to bring everybody in my department back to a leather helmet. You know, I, I, I love that <laughs> three stuff, quarter boots, but that's it, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, but you know, with some stuff, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, obviously we need to evolve. You know, we, we, you know, we, we don't, um, we don't go into fires without SCBAs anymore. Like we obviously take care of ourselves. We, we don't, uh, you know, we don't, even the way we, we eat at the station. Like when I started as an explorer, when I was 15, it was a lot of pasta. It was a ton of fried stuff. And now, you know, um, before anybody, starts cooking they're like hey, does anybody have any dietary restrictions or are we are we eating keto today or we you know they're like very <laughs> conscious of all this stuff and it's so odd um and i think a lot of it is good in that in that sense um i think is the most important thing is you're eating together you know um but it it is it is a big change in in, in those kinds of things i like seeing that stuff so i just want to keep that train rolling you know i think i think we're we're moving in the right direction in that way and i want to look at other things yeah, when I, I when I started, I was told that the that dinner wasn't about the food, and it was right. it was about the guys getting together and having a meal together. That's it, it. You yeah. know, and uh, since I've been on it, it's certainly been the case, and that's where all problems get resolved. That's where all the good rumors. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a firm believer that any problem in the world can be solved at a firehouse dinner table. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yesterday I was on shift yesterday. We, you know, we tackled the debt problem. Everybody knows everything about <laughs> cryptocurrency now. You know, we already know what we're going to do about Russia. Like, well, it's all, it's all good, man. We got it all figured out. Just come to my firehouse. We got, got all the answers. Do your guys hit you up for CBD oil all the time? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and not just my guys, but you know, there's, there's, you have there's, counties uh, probably uh, chasing you down for that. If they see you, uh, if you go mutual aid on a run or something like that, or that, Hey, <laughs> there's John, you got any one, on one guy, one guy. Yeah, exactly. One guy reached out to me and actually our guys, like when I say our guys, my department, um, they, they don't like us using it. So, um, officially our, our guys don't use it at all. Um, but you know, like there's guys all around us that, that, uh, they use it all the time. And somebody just reached out to me the other day who was, he's still deployed down at Surfside, um, in Miami at the collapse. And he said, Hey, uh, a bunch of guys here are raving about your products. Um, you know, apparently all of them are taking it. You, you, you know, you should, you should reach out to them. And, and because I think there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research on the mental health side of what CBD can do. Um, you know, as far as recovery from PTSD, um, you know, reducing anxiety and stress. And, uh, again, it's all from the serotonin that gets released, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's all, it's all tied to, the, to that one thing. Um, but you know, they, they were saying like, Hey, you should reach out to these guys and talk to them, you know, long-term about, um, what the mental health side of that's going to be just cause of all the stuff they're seeing. But I was totally blown away by that. I'm like, we're a new company. Like I don't expect people to know who I am or ever have heard of, of rescue one CBD. Um, we're going to FDIC here in a few weeks. So I'm, I'm going to hope to change that a little bit. Um, but that part, yeah, it does. It is, it, it, people do use it around me and it is pretty cool to, to see people starting to not just, it's not that they're recognizing me or the brand. It's that they're saying, this could be great for us. We should try it. And they're getting their head outside of the box. You know, it's pretty cool. We've been talking a lot about CBD and your podcast, but uh, and more importantly, when did you start playing the bagpipes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it's uh, it's something that I, I've always been a musician and um, I've been super interested in 
you know, um, super interested in the bagpipe since I was an explorer, but I started playing after one guy on my department started learning how to play and he taught himself, which is pretty crazy. Really? So yeah. Um, it's, it's a really tough instrument. There's only nine notes on it. You know, it's not like musically as far as other stuff. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like a piano, you know, where you're sitting in front of all these keys. Like you only have a certain amount of notes, but like physically, you know, to be able to, to, to inflate the bag, to squeeze it and not black out while you're playing. Um, <laughs> that's the hard part. So it's pretty cool that he taught himself. I was super interested. So myself and another guy on my department, we learned under him. Um, and I think that was like 2010 or 2011. That's when I started. So I've been playing for almost 10 years. Um, and it's, it's awesome. Like, like I was saying earlier, the tradition, that's, that's one tradition that's not down here, you know, um, like Dade County fire department doesn't have uh, a pipe and drum core, you know, Broward County has one, Palm beach County has one. Um, but then North of there, that's it, you know, until you get to Orlando. So, um, it, Florida isn't, you know, like the, the backpipes are more for the Northeast, you know, and I know Chicago has a, um, a big, um, bagpipe core they actually come down to to a town local to us um del rey to play the the st patrick's day parade a few of them come down every year and um, i've met a few of them we play bagpipes together one guy is uh he's on the the squad in inglewood okay pretty sure he's over there yeah um i think his name is sean but he's uh he's a pretty good bagpiper and like you know that's the cool part about playing the pipes is you get to you know, it's a pretty small community. You know, you, you'll you'll meet everybody, but the tradition of it is fantastic. I love I love the the story behind it. I love what it does for the fire service. There is but, nothing like um, when you are at a funeral or a parade or something like that, and the bagpipes start going. It like goes right through your soul. Yeah. There's something That's about I felt. hearing the drums and hearing the bagpipes together. Yeah, it it is. There's something about it. It is just. I mean, you just are overcome with emotion when you hear that. And, you know, when you hear them all together, it is, yeah, I don't, man, it's, yeah. it, it, it yeah. really, it really messes with you. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how it was for me when I, when I heard it, I'm like, man, I would love to learn how to play that. Um, so, so when I saw the, you know, the, the guy in my department, Tom start, start playing, I, I immediately wanted to, to learn. And, uh, I thought it was funny because I was like, yeah, I played a couple instruments. I could pick this up and it's the hardest instrument I've, I've <laughs> had to play. Uh, it's no joke, but I do love, I, I absolutely love playing. I like representing the department, um, you know, and, and the, we never had one and we, we suffered a lot of tragedy, you know, that we had to, you know, we didn't have that tradition with. And, and, uh, this guy, Tom was like, Hey, we should, we should have our own guys here, you know, instead of asking bagpipers from out of the county or wherever else to come down. Um, so that's kind of how it started, but it's a good feeling being able to, to, to play representing the department and the fire service, you know, we've gone to the national fallen firefighters, uh, memorial in Colorado Springs. I've, I've played at FDIC. Um, I've played at, you know, firefighters funerals out of state as well. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a really, really good feeling. It's pretty cool. John, tell us where we can uh, get some CBD oil, some rescue one CBD oil. Yeah. Um, rescue one, the number one cbd.com. Um, and I know you've said it on this podcast before, but you know, if you use the code bravest, um, you know, you get 25% off of, uh, of, of anything you guys order on there. And, um, is it 25% off? Well, it's not 25% off. It has to be now. Cause it is it. now. <laughs> no, and, and that's so. super generous of you to give us that discount code, uh, yeah, bravest when you guys order, uh, punch that in. It helps John, you know, know where, that you guys are listening and you guys are, he can get some feedback that it's actually helping people. It's, it's really important. Enter that, that promo code, get that discount other than, than sleep, John, before we go, uh, just rattle off the other benefits of CB oil. I know the inflammation process, that was the, the huge one for me. And that that's what I initially took it for. And I found the sleep benefit has an after fact, but the, you know, outside of this sleep and inflammation, give us a, a couple more benefits of CBD oil. Yeah. The, the, we only, we only talk about what's been avidly researched and that's, um, inflammation, sleep, and, you know, mood, which, you know, we it can be anxiety or depression, you know, 
because it regulates serotonin. So uh, pain relief from inflammation, it's also great. I've had people come out to me and say, you know, they have like degenerative joint disease and they have like bone on bone grinding in their joints and they go, well, CBD help with that. Unfortunately not. You know, it can't. It, it's, it only reduces inflammation. It's not a, like a painkiller. Right. Um, in, that, in that respect. So that's why it like, if you have, if you have that happening, it might take a couple of points off that, that pain for you, but it's not going to make it go. It just can't do it. It doesn't work like that, you know? So, um, so, so for inflammation from pain from inflammation or reducing inflammation, it's great. Um, and then everything else, you know, if people start to tell you about all the other crazy things, they start getting like snake oil salesmen, it's probably <laughs> too good to be true. Yeah. Um, those are the, those are the most common, they, they, those things that, that they think it work for, um, it works for they, they may be coming out in the near future, but we yeah. stick to those four because that's what's, that's what research has shown. It's a great, uh, post-workout, uh, regimen. It, it, and you were talking about the, uh, the ice bath and actually last night I bought, I bought for our gym, a portable ice bath tub. We bought one of those big horse troughs, um, for oh, ice, yeah. an ice bath. And it's just such a pain in the ass to bring it back out, fill it. It takes forever to fill up. So I bought this yeah. little one-man one, and I wanted to test it out yesterday. A couple of us took an ice bath yesterday, and that is, outside of CBDO, that's my second best recovery thing. That, <laughs> it's a love-hate thing, isn't it? Oh, it's, it, it, it sucks it's, getting in there. Yeah, but the, you, you combine that with CBDO, and you will sleep like, yeah. you know, like you've never slept before. That, that yeah. all the, the cold shock proteins that... Um, that you're getting from the the ice bath and the re reduction of inflammation, if you like were able to do the CBD and the ice bath consistently, you'd be you'd be a brand new person. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I try to take cold showers, you know, every morning, and um, it's obviously. I'm in South Florida. Like what is a, you know, what's <laughs> cold water here is like right. 75 degrees. So, and that's what I was like, I was telling Aaron, Aaron that, and he's like, he didn't even smirk. He was just like, dude, you're supposed to get down into, you know, the four, you're supposed to get in the water. that's 40 degrees. I'm like, I would have to just, it never gets like, it ne water never gets that cold. Here. It just doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one is cold water, man. It's, it's incredible. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we go that I think is important is that if, if, People are listening out there and your department policy is unclear whether you can use CBD or not, or you need us as a resource to, to, to write policy for CBD. We've been doing that for other departments and um, it's been working out great because I think cities and counties and other places, um, whether it's your fire department administration or the, the people that work at City Hall, they want to write a policy based on CBD, but they don't know enough about how it works, what drug testing is like with it. Or, or if it's even responsible to, to, to allow CBD if they don't understand its, its properties. So we've been um, consulted for all that stuff. Um, you know, I, it's not something I charge for. I'm not saying, you know, like you, you have to pay me to do this stuff. I just, I really want to help other people, you know, bring it in. So if there's any, uh, if there's anybody out there that needs to have um, advice or a consultation or whatever, or you're starting to write policy, you can shoot me an email. Um, it's John, J-O-N, at rescue1cbd.com. And uh, I'd love to you know get with you and talk, answer any questions you might have. That's awesome that you're doing that, John. Good luck with that. And thank you again for a, a, an amazing product. I know for a fact that you've definitely helped a lot of people. And when people order your product, I get feedback from it too. Or people will say, hey, is this legit? Is this a, something I can take? And they take it and they get back to me and say they love it. Heard nothing but great reviews from other people who have taken it. And you were kind enough to send us some and we've given it to our guests who have nothing but nice things to say about it as well. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And everybody Definitely. should listen to your podcast. What's the name of your podcast again, John? Uh, the Rescue One Podcast. It's on Apple and Spotify. And then I have a YouTube channel as well. Okay, so everybody check John out on uh, Rescue One uh, podcast. And thank you again. Uh, good luck with anything. If you have something new come up, let us know and uh, we'll put it out for you, John. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
opinions and views are that of Chicago's Bravest Stories podcast and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.